coffee, man, yeah. Send it in, Jerome! Man! With Dan and Ryan, this is Walk the Line. the most hilarious walk the line show that we've ever done in the three shows we've done this is officially show number two but i'd like to welcome everybody to walk the line with this is, this is a special close quarters uh, cas version of walk the line i'm dan crier here with ryan smith ryan say hello to everybody yeah and this is going to be our third try at show number three now so we're gonna see if we can get this working today if it sounds like we're in some sort of walmart airport hangar that's normal for today only this is a special version ryan and i are sitting about six inches apart and uh, we're really getting to know each other in a, in a studio so we're gonna look back at today which i don't mind telling everybody is is friday september 13th so it's friday 13th 2013 here in September, and and it's There's acting. No question. <laughs> it's acting exactly like Friday Thirteenth. So we are recording the show. Welcome to Walk the Line. We we were going to recap the show, but we had some technical difficulties. So we just want to get in and just tell you our picks for the week, and then we want everybody to have a good weekend. Okay. So I would like to start with NCAA. There is one big game, and we want to talk about that game right after the Michigan State. But let's just preview it right now. It's a rematch of last season's game of the year when Johnny Manziel took Texas A&M into Alabama and won the game 29-24. And that really won him the Heisman. I mean, when he was on the whole Heisman campaign, you kept seeing that where he fumbles the ball and picks it up and scrambles and throws to the... Right, and there's a play where they're kind of in the 10-yard line where he bumps into a player and then he scrambles left, only to throw against the grain back right. Perfect touchdown, Johnny football. So it begins Johnny football. I know. So now, you know... Yep. A year later, we're going to see what Exactly. And, and and both teams are have started the season with wins, so Alabama's pretty much number one in the nation, and we'll get to that in one second. But we are at Michigan State University. Michigan State played South Florida last week. They were 23.5-point yeah, favorites. Yeah, play. <laughs> You're right. And Ryan and I both, we said the, the week before, they were 27-point favorites against Western Michigan. Are they going to even score enough points? They scored 26 points in that game. Last week, they were 23 and a half. They scored 21 points, two defensive touchdowns, one offensive. And, Ryan, what was the numbers on the quarterback? Our three, combined, our three quarterbacks combined for a whopping total of 94 yards on 12 of 24 passing. So that's called not offense, and that's that makes it an easy pick. Now, this week, Michigan State, it's it's 23.5 points up to 24 points. It's right in that range against Youngtown State, who's an FCS competitor. And i got to be honest, I mean, it's I don't think they're going to be covering that spread again. I just don't think they have the offense to put up the numbers. Yeah, I think this is a tough one to call, too, because it is the FCS school, and you would like to think that a Big Ten school could come in there and just do what, everything they wanted to. Right. And, look good getting a feel-good game before Notre Dame but I think with this team there we just really have to wait and see there's no way to even know what Michigan State team is going to show up right and you know there's a guy that worked for WLNS Fred Fred Human who does the newscast and he said after week one that it felt like the 14th game of last year well now we just had the 15th game of last year right very little breakaway ability there's not very many passes down the field no I mean we averaged 3.9 yards per pass that was less than we averaged per run in that game. We averaged four and a half yards per carry and three point nine yards per pass. 
That's just that's right. You can't and wrap and my head around the that. strange thing is, when the defense adds 14 points to the mix, you would expect that that would enable the team to cover a spread. But we the, the, that's two weeks in a row that the offense has scored less than the defense by a two to one clip. Right. We're going into week three. It's defensive touchdowns four, offensive touchdowns two, zero passing touchdowns, and two one yard runs. Yeah. So they're just on the goal line and punching in. Yes. We don't have the ability to score from even the 25. You know, most teams. No. They don't even have to get in the red zone sometimes, and they can. And punch the it new in kicker's name is Kevin Mima or something. Mima like that. He missed a 25-yard field goal, I believe. I mean, it was a very chip chip shot field yeah, it was goal from the eight-yard line. Yeah, so That's, you know, you don't even practice that because it's a waste of time. Right. It's like, and it, what it tells me is, then we're looking at a 24-point spread against Youngstown State. I just because a team cannot put up, they have not shown the ability to put up the the points. I just think that Youngstown State's getting that points would be the the correct choice on that one. Yeah, so. and I'm just, I mean, the under, I don't even know what it is off the 40. top of my head. So it's 40, and the spread is 23. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to do a quick rundown of our drives. It was punt, punt, fumble, punt, missed field goal, interception, or fumble return for a touchdown, punt, fumble, turnover on downs, interception return. It's not good. For a touchdown. You can't even it say goes it. On it's horrible. Yeah. yeah. So that's just how it goes. We had seven punts against South Florida. Yep. Who gave up 54 points to McNeese State. And so, uh, you know, you you just sit there and you just scratch your head when you're yeah. watching because, you know, I made a joke at halftime. They were showing the first half highlights. How many punts can you show on oh, the big man. screen before right. people just leave? It's and like, as disp- I mean, we're not we're trying to bring out the statistics of the game here. We're, I, I, we're, I'm a fan of the team. I want to see the team do well. And you and I mentioned something last week that if Michigan State wants to win every game 17-3 to three or whatever, fine. that's fine. Muck it up. Let's but, do it. Yeah. But, but we are here to talk about point spreads and and finishing it out. And, and really, I mean, if that's – D'Antonio couldn't care less if the team ends up with a great bowl. So he doesn't yeah. care. He's winning games. Narduzzi's looking good. But as far as – covering the spread. I'm going to say that they are going to score 24 points this week, but give up, let's say, 7. So I'm going to go 24, 24-9. Let me say that. That's my pick for this week. Michigan State 24-9. Yeah, and I'm really going to eat my words here from last week because I said that I would never, you know, pick Michigan State to cover until they prove they can do it. But I just, I think, you know, there's an X factor this week, uh-huh. possibly. Um, freshman quarterback Damian Terry was second on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to come in and you know he's going to bring spark. excitement. He'll be himself, the spark. But I think he can has he has the potential to raise everyone else up because there's four guys fighting for a spot here. Right. They're always going to say we're teammates and this and yeah, that. And yeah. They want, they want the best for the team. They want to play. Right. I, they're Division One quarterbacks. They want to be out yeah, there. I know. And especially now they've all tasted the field, so they they have hope. And so hopefully, you know, he brings a different uh, aspect it's, to the game and gets yeah. all those guys playing better. I see Michigan winning thirty to six. So okay, so you have us covering thirty to six. Yeah, but under. But but staying under. So so as a 23, 23 and a half point spread. Ryan, I'm going just. Spread. I'm just picking barely over to say they're covering. Okay, all right. So let's just see what happens. I mean, we're we're recording this at Michigan State University, and if they like I said, if they want to win the game, mucking up the field, that's a victory is a victory. But you think prognosticating the, the the future games when you see teams like we're gonna have to go to Notre Dame. Nope, that's coming I mean, up soon. there's gonna be games that that's not gonna be good enough to cut it for victories. So we will see what happens as the season progresses. Yeah, and this game is so hard to predict because Youngstown State put up 67 points in their game last week. Yeah, they played Moorhead State, but they still had the ability to exactly. put up 67. And you know, we've been playing teams that I would. 
in my head compare similar to Morehead State and aren't right. doing that. And you so. make an argument. I mean, we are a Big Ten school. You would think by just, just virtue of size, size and speed that, that we could just power through yeah. other teams. So there's something strange. It seems to me, just from an objective standpoint, that it's that our our plays are going laterally and not up the field enough. I yeah, at this point, I, it almost just seems like a mental barrier. Like there was one yeah. point where. You know, Maxwell dropped back, and there was he had maybe a second, a second and a half, and he threw it, and it just got tipped and almost went to one of them. Yeah. And everyone just started booing him. I know. That was, was his tough. first pass. That was tough. Because everyone's there right now. That play standing Mental. alone is, yep. you know, that happens all the time to yep. the best quarterbacks in the world. But it's just the buildup, and people are really starting to get frustrated, the fans, the coaches. And the, the receivers players. get nervous, and then like then that causes you to oh don't drop it, and you just dropped it. Yep. So all right, let's move on. Let's 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 get out of the doldrums because they are two and zero, and they should be three and zero. That's a good thing. So we'll see. So let's get to the big game of tomorrow, which is going to be now in Texas A and M in College Station, Texas. Texas A and M and Johnny Manziel, a sophomore now, he, with his big win from last year. He and Texas A&M are seven-and-a-half-point underdogs at home to Alabama, who is a powerhouse. So this is the deal. And the over-under is 60-and-a-half. 60.5. So, so the, the numbers are expecting a big game. And I want to go over the history really quick with this rivalry because it's a brand-new rivalry because Texas A&M and Missouri joined. They left the Big 12 and joined the SEC last year. And, and so this is a new thing in the world of college football. But the two schools have met before. They met in the 1942 uh, Cotton Bowl, where Alabama won 29-21. They met in the 68 Cotton Bowl, Texas A&M, Texas A&M won 2016. So that really has absolutely no bearing. But I just want to say they have a history. And then they played a couple times in the 80s. But last year's game ended 29-24 and shocked the world. But Alabama regrouped, went to the SEC championship game. They escaped with the victory over Georgia. And now, they, after crushing Notre Dame 42-10 to win the BCS championship, Alabama has looked like a Super Bowl contender, let yeah. alone a BCS. So what are your thoughts on the game going into tomorrow? Well, initially, something that stands out to me that I really haven't heard anyone talk about is Alabama's coming off a bye. They've had two weeks to prepare for this game, and, you know, Nick Saban, like him or not, that dude can coach. And if you give him two weeks to prepare for uh-huh. a team, you better believe they're coming into that game ready. So that fact alone makes me really like um, Alabama coming into this one. Uh-huh. And you always hear about, you know, Texas A&M is such a hard place to play. Yeah, and 12th all man. Yeah, and it's always loud and stuff. Their two losses last year were at home. Right, LSU and Florida. LSU and Florida. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not a place where you're – I would even say it's not like going into Alabama and winning, right. but Texas A&M did it last year. Yeah. It's not impossible, and it's Alabama who they've looked great. So right. those two things initially, you know, stand out as huge factors of the game, and I right. do like Alabama in this one. Okay. Cover the seven and a half. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and say now 34-17 is wow. what I like. I like a not. A, I mean, that's not a blowout, but it is at the same time. That is that's a good pick. Okay, and so the thing is, I mean, Johnny Manziel took them by surprise last year, the 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 Crimson Tide. They are going to be preparing as much as they can. You mentioned something to me yesterday that Rice put a couple hits on Manziel. Alabama's gonna look to drive that guy into the turf. I mean, they wanna they wanna eliminate his effectiveness as soon as they can, so Yeah, and Manziel's really, you know whether he likes the criticism or not, he's opened himself up to it. And yeah. I thought it really ate him up in the Rice game. Yeah, he's being cocky and he wants some of that attention, mm-hmm. the, the flags and all mm-hmm. that. Does he care about it? Probably not. 
but I do think the Rice players got to him. And if Rice players are, you know, getting under your yes. skin, well, how's it going to feel when the Alabama players are literally hitting you in the mouth right. when you come and it's right. it's a different ball and, game. And the way, and I, I, I'm gonna, I agree with you. I think Alabama is gonna, gonna win the game. I think they're gonna win by, by nine or ten points. And I'll give you my score in a second. But it. It will shock me, and it will shock the world of college football if Johnny Manziel can pull it off again. Oh, completely. I mean, and it, can I, you believe? At the same time, it wouldn't be surprising to anyone here. I mean, then then we're talking about a man of even more historic legend than Johnny Manziel already is, because he's kind of a wonder boy. He's not the biggest, most ominous guy, but he's so quick and he's so accurate. So if he can pull this off, I mean, th- this is almost to me the game of the year happening in week three. Again, again, I mean, it's like it's it was insane. Last year. And then everyone wants to talk about Johnny Manziel, and like you said, if they win it, he's the golden boy. Johnny Manziel is not on the defensive side of the ball for Texas A&M. They gave up 240 rushing yards to Sam Houston State and 306 rushing yards to Rice. Wow. So, you know, Johnny Manziel, do what you want, but until that defense is stopping the Sam Houston State running back, they are not stopping Alabama's offense. It just won't happen. Okay, and so... Ryan, your score was 34-17, which stays under. That's 51 points. That stays under. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go with Alabama covering the spread by a half point. So the seven half point spread, they're going to win, I think, 41-33. to I can see, you know, uh, the game just kind of getting weird and, you know, maybe Manziel's down 16. He gets a a touchdown, a two-point conversion, and then they yeah. maybe they get an onside kicker and a Hail Mary is knocked down. But So I think it'll, even though it's going to be eight, I think it's going to be close and high scoring. Yeah, so. and I mentioned their two losses from last year, and a, a big part of the score I picked was they scored 17 and 19 points mm. in their two losses mm. at home. Okay. So when they struggle, it just seems like it's because they're not scoring in yeah. SEC games at home. So another thing that I think plays into this game is, like we mentioned, we're talking about this as media as the biggest game of the year. Yeah. Those players know that people are talking about this game. It's huge. I'm sure game day is there. I don't know for sure. But for these Alabama players, this is not the biggest game of their career. Yes. And for the, There's more I, to come, maybe. I'm yeah. confident in saying that it is for Texas A&M. Yeah. Every one of those guys, other than last year's Alabama game, this is the biggest game they'll play in, yeah. pending they win and go to the National Championship. Right. But this, this group of Alabama players, it's just a, not another game. It's They know it's big, but... They're used to playing in big games. And, yes. And I do think that plays okay. a role. Great. All right. So we're, we're doing a truncated version of Walk the Line here. So we're just going to we're gonna zip through only one more NCAA game. We're going to talk about a couple NFL games because my take on the NFL is the first two, three weeks of NFL are always so difficult to predict. And, and really, it's not going to be till week three or really four till we get a good glimpse of NFL. But the only other game, I mean, there, there are some games that are pickable. And there's some interesting things going on. Like I mentioned um, uh, last week, I had picked uh, Illinois to lose badly, and they did not. And so Illinois, now you got to come back, and right? So, but but one. honestly, I have no idea. So all these games, the, the, now the one game between the other game between top 25 teams is UCLA going into Lincoln, Nebraska to play the Cornhuskers, and Nebraska's minus four in that game. I know that a player for UCLA suffered a, a tragic death in a car accident, a, just an accident this week. So they're going to have heavy heavy hearts. And Nebraska really opened it up on Southern Miss last week because they looked bad against Wyoming in week one, but they looked great last week. So just on on the fact that this is uh, – it's tough to say what that, what that will do to a team because you can play inspired football. But because Nebraska looked so great last week, 
in dismantling uh, an okay team. I mean, I get maybe Southern Miss is one of the worst. I know they're 0-2 now. But uh, I'm going to go with Nebraska rolling in this game because the over-under is 69.5. So we're looking for a big score in this one. I, I, I think it's going to go over. I'm going to go with 48-35 uh, to 35, um, Nebraska in this one. Yeah, I like the over as well. UCLA scored 58 points in their only game of the year so far. And um, Nebraska's put up 37-56. and 56, So I'll go 44-38 okay. Nebraska to cover and go over. All right, and the other games to mention, I mean, just of note, Boston College is going to USC. USC lost at home to Washington State last week. People are calling for Lane Kiffin's job. Devastating already. loss. And so Boston College is 2-0 and in the year, and they're getting 13.5 points at, in the Coliseum in Los Angeles. So if there's trouble there with USC as a two-touchdown, I mean, I'm, I honestly, I'm not going to name a score, but I like Boston College in that one because USC has shown absolutely nothing. And so that's that's one game that just piqued my interest in. And like I said, Washington and Illinois are playing in Soldier Field. Washington looked great against Boise State. Illinois yeah, had a shocking win. Awesome. So that's just going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, Illinois is getting 9.5 points in that game, but who knows? Maybe last week for Illinois was a complete fluke. Yeah, maybe this is the turnaround for Illinois football. You never know. And then it, just to finish off, uh, the night game uh, tomorrow on Saturday night, it's going to be the Wisconsin Badgers are going into Tempe, Arizona to play the Arizona State Sun Devils, and Arizona State is minus five, and I know, you know, there's a new coach in there for, for Wisconsin, but that's strange to think that Wisconsin's less, that they're not dogs by just a field goal. I mean, that. so I, I would like Wisconsin, I'm, I would pick Wisconsin to cover that five points in that game. I would, yeah, I would agree with that. So, but it's, let's just put it this way, other than the Texas A&M-Alabama game, There's not, game not the most marquee football weekend. And the following weekend, we're going to have uh, be able to talk about Michigan State going into Notre Dame. You know, even Notre Dame's playing Purdue tomorrow, so it's not like the best weekend. Right. Can't really say it. So let's just quickly spin through some NFL, because like I said, we're in this special, it's, it's like we're in a phone booth on Friday the 13th, and I'm surprised that the light fixture hasn't fallen on my head yet, honestly. I almost fell down the stairs this morning walking backwards, which would have been horrible. I was, I was leaving my apartment with my keyboard, and I, I almost took a spill. This, this day could not could not be worse. So, But I'm having fun now. I, like, I just want to tell you, Ryan, that I'm, I'm glad you're here, and, and I'm having a good time. Yeah, so. this is fun, and today's Friday. It seems like it's going bad, but tomorrow's Saturday, and yes. we've got a weekend of football. It's exactly true, and, so. and that's the reason that we really we, we, we pushed every avenue possible to get into a record recording studio to just get something on recording, because we want to kind of, you know, for posterity's sake, document this season and our picks, and... Um, and we will do an analysis uh, show that, w- that that goes over our picks. And um, but uh, I gotta be honest, this is this is not the most comfortable recording we've ever done. But that's okay. I yeah, mean, guess what? There's no true complaints coming out of here. Yeah, we're having fun. We're living the life. Yeah, we're we talking are. football. Okay. <laughs> so now, last week in the NFL, the Minnesota Vikings did not cover the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions look great. Reggie Bush. I mean, they came back from a 14-6 deficit. So because of that loss, and because the Bears came back and ended up pushing a minus three, they won 24-21 at home against the Bengals. Now Minnesota Vikings are going into Soldier Field. It's a 1 o'clock game on Sunday. The Bears are minus six. So that's a peculiar line for the NFL because it's under a touchdown, but it's more than a field goal. And so right away, I like Minnesota. I, I don't I know what happened with – I'm confused at, as to how Minnesota – was up 14-6 and lost that game. I saw portions of it. I know Reggie Bush looked great for the Lions, but really, right away, my inclination, I'm just going to bark out a, a score, and I'm going to say Minnesota wins 21-20, 21-17. Minnesota wins. No, no, 
Yes, Minnesota's winning that game. I, I'm not wins. a Bears fan. I'm not a Bears guy. I just don't think the Bears have it. I think Minnesota realizes what they did, their transgressions, and they make up for it. So I'm going Minnesota to win on the road. Yeah, that's interesting because the the six is, um, yeah, it seems like a lot to me. And I like the Vikings to, you know, cover the okay. six. But I, I like the Bears by a field goal. I'll go, okay. I'll go 34-31. Okay, wow, big score. Yeah. Okay, because the over-under is 42 in that one. And, and I'm, I'm – the, wow, so the, I'm really going. Yeah, over you're going. That over, one, yeah. Okay, but that's that's okay, and and so you're going with Chicago. And the reason, I Ryan makes sense. Like the Bears winning by a field goal again, that make that makes some sense. But I just have this feeling inside of me that it's a gut feeling that Minnesota's gonna they're gonna fix something. There's something seemed wrong about their loss. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. The Lions, for as bad as people are, they were a 12 and four team just two years ago, and really just underperformed last year. That was a good team that the Vikings lost to on Sunday. So now with, you can't lose two divisional games to start the year and be happy about it. So that is an interesting matchup. Yeah. Minnesota going on the road for the second straight week to start the year yeah. in the division. In the division, right. So, well, let's let's stay with a team in their division Let's because we are in Michigan. Let's talk about the Lions. I mean, they are going into the air, to, to Phoenix to play Arizona Cardinals, and they're one-and-a-half-point favorites. So that's like pretty that much its pickle. So, so now, and Minnesota went into – St. Louis and lost 27-24, and, and the Rams did not cover the three-and-a-half points there last week. But, I mean, the Lions, maybe they have a fresh new attack zone with Reggie Bush coming out as a slot back for Stafford, and, and you know, Megatron's always going to be good, you know. so. And I, I think they're just feeling extra confidence. I do think they've put last year behind them, and they just look relaxed on offense, and, like, they were just having fun as a uh-huh. team. And they could really just do what they wanted. You know, they had they had a couple of third and sixes where it was just easy pickups. They were getting yeah. ten on third and six, and I can see them going into Arizona and throwing it around and racking up some stats. Well, the over under is forty eight. So, what do you think for a final score in that? Well, one? I mean, the Lions scored thirty four last week against the Vikings. Defense is respectable. Yeah. The Cardinals put up twenty four against the Rams. Yeah. I I see that one. You know that being a 34-24 Lions victory. So okay. Viking, or excuse me, Lions win by the same score. Wow, they did last. And week. you know, honestly, I'm I'm thinking along the same lines with the with the right under. I'm thinking 27-20. That's just that's the number that my brain's coming up with. So Detroit covers the spread, but the game stays under. I sometimes these West Coast games, I don't know, they seem like they get a little you know field goal friendly at some point. But but barring anything bad i mean just get get that ball to reggie bush and let him go yeah he really brings a, a pretty uh, unique dynamic for stafford that brings the linebackers up and then you go deep to to to, to johnson so yeah it's, he doesn't even i mean they don't even really have to run bush as much as just no him out. and they have bell to to fill right. in to do some running to heavy so they really look good i mean they were down 14-6 to minnesota so all right so let's just jump in i'm gonna pick uh uh, two more games from the NFL, and then we'll, we'll say sayonara for Friday the 13th. But um, I, I, what do you, just give me a quick, Redskins are going to Green Bay. Redskins did not look good against the Eagles. They lost 33-27. Well, they Green- look good in the second half. They, True. RG3 kind of got in the rhythm. I think him not playing any um, you know, preseason games really hurt him. Mm-hmm. Rhythm is a big thing for a lot of guys. Yeah. He hadn't taken any live snaps. That that does impact. Well, the Packers the are minus seven and a half, and the over under is forty nine and a half. I do think that's going to be a high scoring game. What do you what do you think for that prediction for this one? I do like the Packers to cover that one. Just until we see RG three of old come back, I'm okay. not going to get you know too comfortable with putting any confidence in them. Okay. So you know the Packers put up twenty eight last week, and 
the, the Redskins really, they were just up and down, and they scored a lot of their points when Philly went to that prevent yeah. D that prevents Prevents nothing. nothing. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I like the Packers to win by 13, so we'll go, I'll, I'll give them, uh, let's see, we'll go 37-24. Okay. All right, and I will go with the Packers by 10, by a score of 37-27. I like okay. that 37 that you named, so that's good. All right, so we both agree with that one. All right, um, and then uh, this is a game that I, I the, the game of the week that I'm not going to pick because I just want to mention, Kansas City went into Jacksonville and won 28-2 to last week. Jacksonville Jaguars are clearly not good, and Kansas City's getting something from Alex Smith that they're not. Now, the Dallas Cowboys, who won at home against the New York Giants, 36-31. They, they forced a nice turnover there at the end when Manning was driving. The, the, um, the, Cowboys are underdogs. That's a, just a peculiar thing that the Cowboys are dogs by two and a half on the road. I mean, I like the Cowboys just ultimately because they beat better competition. So that's one that I just can't pick because there's too many factors going on. Yeah, I do too, but I always think that. And then mm-hmm. I, after the game, I always remind myself, before the game I was saying, Arrowhead is such a tough it place is. to play. The Chiefs play great there. And like for years, they just win games that they shouldn't even be close. So, you know, if we're picking... I'm going with yeah, go no, with no, no, I'm just okay. you know score aside. I'm taking Dallas with points. Uh-huh, it just uh-huh. seems logical. And then on Sunday afternoon, I'm be like, Man, right. I knew the. And that's why gonna... I wouldn't I wouldn't mortgage any houses on this one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is this this one's a bottle of Aquafina water uh, is is at stake at this one. Yeah, at and most I can just say I, just... I would love to see the Chiefs win that game. That would be awesome. Right, because it, it, you you want to see for me, I like Kansas City, but objectively speaking. This is a uh, Andy Reid was thrown away, and Philly's happy to have Chip Kelly, but boy, Kansas City! Look at that. One man's trash is another man's treasure. They have okay. Andy Reid and Alex Smith, two people that are cast aside. These guys might be coming together to do something pretty nice for for a team that struggled for a few years in a row here. Yeah, both guys have, you know, they've done great things with their careers so far. And yeah. Kansas City, they had some of the they had the the most Pro Bowlers of any team last year. Yeah. So. You know the voting is all funky there, but that does uh-huh. say something. They have the names, and maybe well, Jamal Charles to... is is healthy. Yeah, I know he, he had a, a minor injury. quadricep injury last week, but he, they said he's going to play. And McCluster is back. Dwayne Bowe's there. Alex Smith is an arm that they didn't have in previous years. So the Chiefs are a mystery mix right now. They're going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I think that, yeah I'm definitely going to tune I'm into that game. And so the 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 game that I do want to mention, and and another another good matchup which I don't want to pick on because. Because the Giants lost on the road, so Denver's going to go into the Giants, and Denver's minus four and a half. So I mean, Denver looks great. I, I'm not going to even score, but I like no. Man- Manning looks unstoppable. But the game I do want to talk about is the the 49ers are going to Seattle. It's a night game. Ryan and I. The reason I want to say is because I know that we disagree on this one. So m- my take is that just like he mentioned, it's very difficult to win at Arrowhead Stadium. Well. How many games have we seen in the last few years where the decibel meter that they put on the field in Seattle and it's just rocket? And Ryan says they'll pump in artificial noise and this and that. But there have been games, and yes, they got the benefit that Seahawks did last year of the fake touchdown. But I'm liking Seattle in this game. They're at home. I know 49ers are going to eventually be the better team, I think. And But I'm liking Seattle to cover this thing in a game like, let's say, I'm going to go 28 24. Seattle covers the three-point spread. Well, we're on the radio, so I know you can't see me, but I'm kissing my I'm kissing uh, my he's biceps the right now. <laughs> so I'm putting all my faith in Kaepernick. They looked awesome in Week One. The Packers are, you know, that is a great opponent that they looked excellent against. And the Seahawks went into Carolina and scored a whopping 12, 12 points. points. 
yes, they only gave up seven, but still, there's nothing there for me to like. Uh -huh. And I think, you know, San Francisco coming off the Super Bowl, they they look great to me this year. So I, I like them to go into Seattle and shock some people here early okay. in the season. So what do you, what, give me a score. I, you know, I didn't find the over-under on this one for some reason, but give me a score. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think you they're going to go back and forth. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that I, that's just going to be a fun game to watch. Is that yeah. even like a Sunday or a Monday yeah, it's night a, it's game? Yeah, it's the NBC Sunday night game. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go 28-17. Okay. So you're Niners. you're saying that the Niners are really going to show everybody that that was not a fluke going to the Super Bowl. No. Kaepernick's even better this year than he was last year. Now they have Anquan Bolden. They got they Vernon Davis is an afterthought. Now watch him get 13 catches. Yeah, and they know. won 34-28, but that game seemed like a way bigger margin than six last week. Right. To beat the Packers. Well, they made the plays control. anytime they needed to. They 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 had a fourth down play that they really didn't need to snap that they gained a good amount so and I, and I think maybe even I went a little too high on the points there Seattle's mm. defense is pretty good maybe True. they can slow that game down a little okay. bit but it's going to be a fun one like you said yeah it's going to be awesome and I like the fact that you have a Super Bowl runner-up that was an unexpected Super Bowl runner-up because because Harbaugh went with the gamble on Kaepernick to replace the injured Smith and he did get to the Super Bowl he they did defeat Green Bay in the playoffs and so they are the hot team that really... It, I'm going to ride the wave. They, they <laughs> definitely have a wave. But I'm... And some other people are saying Seattle might be the hot team with Russell Re Westbrook. That's his name, right? <laughs> no, not Russell Westbrook. Russell Wilson. <laughs> Say that fast on Friday the 13th. <laughs> Russell Wilson. Um, but uh, I, I really think that the crowd's going to go so crazy and, and disrupt Kaepernick for once once or twice in his And career, I think know. I've always underestimated Russell Westbrook Wilson just uh -huh. because <laughs> just because that's I just never you know he always surprises me is yeah. what I'm trying to say okay. so you know he, he'll probably do it again just because that's what he does yeah but uh, for now I'm just gonna you know I was really impressed with the Niners and I was not with Seattle so yeah. Well, all right, guys. Everybody, I want to just – Ryan mentioned we're on the radio. You can't see us, but I'm going right, to reach my right hand over and shake Ryan's hand right now because we went through some trouble. We found ourselves like a broom closet, which we're basically in. We called in the, the cavalry. We got about 40 tech guys coming in here. We ended up hooking a mic into an audio interface that sounds like we're in something. We're, we could be on an airport runway right now, but we, we got it. We get it. Um, we recorded it. We're going to push stop and save on the audacity. So I want to tell everybody – on behalf of Impact Sports, thank you so much for joining us. And my name is Dan Cryer. And next week we're going to hopefully be in a nice, good studio and have a nice, uh, good show. But Ryan, why don't you say, uh, you know, do what you do? Yeah, I'll take us out of here on that. Uh -huh. And everyone enjoy the weekend of football and some. Hopefully, you have some good weather and have a good weekend. We'll see you next week. All right, that was Ryan Smith. I'm Dan Cryer, and you just listened to Walk the Line. Take care.